this morning I want to introduce you to the power or the person that makes that happen. Because I've discovered something. You can never be transformed without my friend. You can't be discovered or you can't be transformed without discovering my friend. And if you've ever been to church, you probably have heard the phrase, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. And it comes out in weddings and baptisms and sort certain ceremonial things. And most people can understand God the Father because we can connect with this God of the universe, Father God. We talk about him. If you go to a primary school in Northern Ireland at all, you've been brought up with this Lord's Prayer. You learn it probably primary one, our Father. We just have to say the first words, our Father, and everybody can then repeat that. We know our Father. And the Son, the Son's easy because I don't know about you, but anybody that I meet on the streets, everybody's okay with Jesus. It gets kind of funky actually. Some people have a problem with God the Father, but they love Jesus. Because they see Jesus as the one who ministered to the poor, the one who, who loved, taught us to love our neighbours. He was just very, very practical. And in Matthew 5, he takes us through conversations. He takes his, his guys, his, his gang up to the hill. He's talking to them primarily first, and then all these crowds, thousands of people flock because he's so attractional. And they're listening to this conversation. And Jesus gives us these things called the Beatitudes, which are blessings, which just says, Be happy. Be happy because if you're poor in spirit, be happy. If you're mourning today, be happy because the kingdom of God is breaking in. And he came with this revolutionary message called the kingdom of heaven. And he, we know Jesus and we love Jesus. But the Holy Spirit, well, that's not a matter, isn't it? It's clearly confusing. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's kind of mysterious part of the Trinity. There's nothing or no one anywhere in the human experience quite like my friend, the Holy Spirit. See, the problem many people have with the Holy Spirit is that he's intangible, he's, you can't control him. And it makes people nervous. I mean, we, that's why we love religion, let's be honest, before God this morning. Religion's a good thing, because we can control things with religion. <laughs> and we can set up boxes, and we can tick boxes, and we can set up rules and regulations. I mean, religion really does work, in a way. But it just keeps you far from God, that's the problem. It makes God a stranger because the Holy Spirit, he won't be boxed, he won't be told. He, he is like the wind. He just goes wherever he wants to go. And, and I understand that it's safe to go for God the Father and Jesus and the justice message and the message and the ministry to the poor. But to bring out this Holy Spirit thing, it's just kind of weird. But it's not. He's the one that transforms us. You look through the pages of the ancient scriptures right from the Old Testament. Ezekiel 31, 3 says he fills his people. Acts 2, 4, when the birth of the church began, says he comes upon his people. He speaks through people in the Old Testament. He moves people in certain areas. He's referred to as the breath of God. The wind, the fire, the living water, a dove that's looking for a resting place this morning. And oil. And along with all the unusual and the bizarre things, that have been attributed to him over the centuries. It's no wonder, honestly, it's no wonder people prefer to be kept, to just shut him up in the pages of scripture. Just keep him in there nice and tidy. We know he's in there, but let's not let him out of the box, for goodness sake. Things can start to get. But yet, he's essential. He's essential to us following him. Transformation doesn't happen in your life or my life without the power and presence of my friend. It doesn't happen. And scripture and Jesus is a lot the same. 
to say about it. I've said this loads of times, and I hope you get up by now, but when Jesus came to earth, he came to earth to do a lot of things. He came to earth to save us, to heal us, to free us, to set the prisoners free. And guess what? That's our job. The book of Acts says that we continue all that Jesus began to do and say. Isn't that class? It's kind of it's heavy too, that we actually, on our shoulders, on our shoulders, we are the prevailing church, on our shoulders is the potential for redemption for all society. We carry that potential. And there's nothing quite like that when the Holy Spirit breaks in. We carry the potential for redemption in society, making all things brand new. All things, politics, business, education, social, healthcare, commerce, migration. We're the answer. <laughs> We're the answer. And so Jesus came and he came to reveal the Father. And he talks a lot about him, and in John 14 he says, I've come, Father, I've come, and I've said all you've told me to say. I've revealed your name, and I've did your works. Now it's time for me to go. And just about that time, as he talked about revealing God the Father, he also revealed God the Holy Spirit. As one theologian said, one of, one of my greatest theologians, I think, anyway, not, not that he belongs to me, but one of, the, one of my favorite, thank you, Michelle, one of my favorite theologians is a guy called Gordon Fee. He said, Christ has put a human face on the Spirit as well. Nice. Christ has put a human face on the Spirit as well. And so on the last night when Jesus was with his disciples, as he's journeying and he's talking with the Father, Jesus began to prepare them for what they had, the uncertainty, what could possibly happen. And he would be leaving my friend. He's going to leave my friend with them. And naturally the disciples are upset about the news because Jesus says, you know guys, I'm out of here. I'm going to die a horrific death. And they didn't really believe him. They didn't understand what it truly meant. And so he began to tell them about my friend, someone they would soon be meeting in person. And I'm going to just introduce you to my friend in a few minutes or so, if that's okay. He said that this, when Jesus the Messiah died, my friend would actually raise him from the dead. Is that a powerful thing? Do you know him? Starting to click on who my friend is. I'm sure you are. My friend raises him from the dead and he's ascended into heaven. And then the Messiah, Jesus Christ, he's anointed by my friend. And then he gives him a gift. And he says, Jesus, you have this gift. And I want you to give it to Jason Scott. And I want you to give it to Ashley Hassan. And I want, you to, I want you to give it to Carmen Black, and I want you to give it to Sally Ann Dickey, and I want you to give it to Marion Mulgrew. Even though she's from Stewartstown, she can still have the gift free of charge. <laughs> and even people in Moygashel, they're also going to get the gift, believe it or not. Everybody gets a gift. Everybody gets a gift. From Colida to Moygashel to Dungannon to Delhi. I want you to give everyone who calls in my name this gift. And it's a wonderful gift. And he says, I want you to pour it out. When you pour it out, pour it out in exactly full measure. Not just a whole stop fix. It's not just like, you, has you, have you ever taken your, well I've tried to do this, have you ever taken your car and just filled it up once in life and never tried to fill it up again? <laughs> it just doesn't run well of that. You used to have a car that never, it sort of tricked me. I, I heard a guy one time tell me, I'm not a car mechanic, but I actually believe it. He says you can make a car greedy. If you fill it up too much, so I thought the car gets greedy. The more you fill it up, the more it uses. So I just stick out a fiver or a tenner at a time. And so what happened with that, the car wasn't just so much greedy, but I got a bit upset with me. And every time I went up Kate's Avenue to go to Lisbon Road, the thing comes out. And I put another fiver in. <laughs> I'm a genius. You just don't realize it yet. 
Um, so yes, so he says, listen, 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 before you do anything, before you kick off this thing called church 2,000 years ago, I want to give you some advice. This is what Jesus says. He says, don't leave Jerusalem. It's all kicking off there. But wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. So Jesus, this shouldn't be uh, new to you guys. You've heard me speak about this. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit. Stay with me. This is important. And guess what happened? Pentecost happened. My friend showed up. He shows up unannounced, unexpected, in a powerful way. It says this, he come, he came like the wind from heaven. And they got the power. See, we're nervous about the power, aren't we? We, we, we don't want to talk about the power because, it's, you know, you don't want to talk about power because that's not what it's about. But yet Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it's a part of God, of the salvation. You don't need to be ashamed about it because it's not something that takes over, but it's something that sets free. It's something that permeates society. It's not this overwhelming, I'm going to take over Milton thing. It's this comforter who comes to make all things new. See, we, we can live with it. We, we're happy talking about love, but I want to tell you something else. We need to also... More than, or just as much, sorry, just as much as we need the love of God, we need the power of God. So how many people are, are comfortable around the love of God? Eight. <laughs> much work to do. What about the power of God? Comfortable with that? Less. Sure enough, it happens. They got the power. And so I'm going to look at today, and I want to share with you why we need the power of the Holy Spirit. Why we need the power that transforms us. We need the Holy Spirit to transform us. I've seen, I've done this like a few times now, so it's probably not going to work. But has anybody not seen a miracle? This is an old, an old one. Anybody never seen a miracle up close and personal? Like a blind eye opening or death gives you. Are you not playing? <laughs> has anybody seen a miracle? Yes. I don't know how this works. <laughs> Has anybody not seen a miracle? Okay, let me ask you this. Would anybody like to see a miracle in front, front of your eyes right now? Right now. Greatest miracle of all time. Who would like to see a miracle? Okay, I'm going to make it work. I'm going to make it halfway. But before I can make it happen, I want you to bow your head close your eyes. I'm watching. I will embarrass you. Well, I'll look at the sign for that first. <laughs> Leave it. Eyes closed. Head Okay, open them. Here it is. See it? See the miracle? Amen. Sorry to disappoint. <laughs> See, I've seen some amazing things that can only be blamed on the Holy Spirit, my friend. I've seen some things in church that's just not cool, where, where men have taken hold of religion and they've just screwed the whole thing up. I just think sometimes. You can smell religion, can't you? It's not a good thing. It's a, it's a stench in the nostrils of the Father. God wants to be a good, good Father. He wants to come close to humanity. And so he does that. He comes close to us. And what religion says here, this far no more. But I've seen some really amazing things in my life where I couldn't be blamed on anything else but the Holy Spirit. I'll never forget standing in a real, real, just uh, the worst party I've ever seen in a death. And this lady comes in front of me and she has film in front of her eyes. You can actually see the films in front of her eyes. Do you remember that night, Brian? And, and that camp, remember we did about the Swiss? 
tops and the football and balloons and they thought they'd gone to heaven today. And that's what Stangwood Park does for a lot of people in the good evening. So anyway, um, this lady comes for prayer and she couldn't see and so we pray, I pray my best prayer. And I say, can you see anything? She says, just a little pray again. She says, I can see a little colour. And she starts to explain to me what the colour of the curtains. And uh, so we don't want to just... Sometimes people are kindly, so we keep pushing through. What can you see? And literally the film left her eyes, that was in front of her eyes, and she could see clearly. And the news of her seeing spread throughout the village. Now, you can't manufacture that. You can't make that up. I can't tell that story. Well, I can tell that story probably could be untrue and you could say, oh, well, that's over in there. But it's a true story. It's my experience of something I say. See, you can't blame that on anybody but the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. But this miracle that you've seen this morning, with your eyes open, with your eyes open, is the investment of the Holy Spirit in a life. And it transforms a life. It transforms a life. I'm not, I don't like talking about the past, you know. I don't get people that love to talk about their past, you know. Do you remember in Northern Ireland when I grew up, they used to bring guys into churches and they used to, they used to get, the stories used to change, you know, like they, they robbed a Swedish shop when they were in the UDA or something, and then at the time they go to the fifth church, they were like Rambo, you know, they were the baddest guy in the whole land, you know, and they were just, and then God saved them. Sad. I want my life to be more exciting with God than it was without God. And I think life with God should be a lot more adventurous and a lot more exciting and a lot more fun than it was without God. But somehow society thinks that life without God is a lot more adventurous and probably religion's done that to society. But this life that God has given us, this, this moment, this, the highest redemptive moment on the planet is the transforming power that God puts inside of us. Can I say that again? That the, the highest redemptive movement on the, or moment on the planet is the transforming power that God puts in us. The transforming power and authority that God puts in us is no small thing. No small thing. I've got a question for you this morning here in the vineyard. Some are in the vineyard, but I've got a question, so I want you to engage with me. Use your minds. Do your best thinking. What if we could grasp what this is? Listen, this, this is really important. Everything changes from this moment. If you answer this correctly, and there is no right or wrong answer by the way, but if you answer it for yourself, this changes everything in your life. What if we could grasp what this is? What if we became fully aware of what God has done in us? The reality of what God has done in us. See, Christianity is not another pathway to some higher experience. I meet people all the time, they tell me they're spiritual, I think that's a little rubbish. See, if we, we, we toy about with these words and we say, oh, they don't know Jesus, but they're very spiritual, what does that mean? What on earth does that mean? You're spiritual. It, 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 it's nonsense. It's nonsense. It doesn't mean anything at all. It means that they've had some sort of pathway or they're looking for some moral viewpoint. But the, 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 the Jesus movement, the Christ movement, the Christian movement, us, you and I, the followers of Jesus, we're not having a spiritual experience. We are a miracle movement of people who have had their lives transformed by the power and presence of, of the Holy Spirit. And it doesn't matter what's going on to my left, because this is what's important right now. It's a miracle movement of people who have had their lives transformed by the power. The life and energy of the Holy Spirit. Entering into a living relationship with Jesus Christ. The transformer and the saviour of the world. It's powerful, isn't it? It says this, by as many as received him, 
To them he gave the power to become the sons of God. Even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. God transforms us. Anybody got children? Parents? Like, this is not a trick question. This is like, if you've really got kids, you can put your hands up at this moment. Wow. Thank goodness for that. And even some people have got kids or not, but their hands up. <laughs> It's good if you put your hand up and make you do something. Uh, I have three boys. They're in summer madness. The clues in the second word. Uh, I can see myself in them. They're good looking boys. They're smart. They're intelligent. They're intellectual. <laughs> <laughs> and modest. And modest, yeah. <laughs> they have a lot of me in them. There's some of their mother in them too. The bad temper. They go <laughs> <laughs> so when we become like the children of God, when we become the children of God, guess who we start to look like? Guess where our DNA is? The Holy Spirit is our DNA. And, and when we, we start to take on a family likeness, a family resemblance, something should change in your, in your life when you, when you come and in touch with God. And here, listen, 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 listen. See, what we tell you in church is that when you become a follower of Jesus Christ, that you don't swear. You don't smoke, you don't drink, and you don't go out with care to do that. <laughs> that's, that's maybe good advice, but that's not where God wants to take you. He actually wants you to look like a generous person, like a kind person, like a sacrificial person. He wants you to actually transform society. He wants you to go into supermarkets and pray for sick people. He wants you to change the face of your town and your country and your nation and go beyond. He, he, he's, he's not interested. I don't think so. I'm going to go out and live and say he's not so much interested if you smoke or drink or swear. You might think he is. But he is interested in your heart. Who are you becoming like? Are you becoming like your dad? Your heavenly father? I remember when I used to be badly behaved and that was every six or seven years when I was growing up. <laughs> my mother would always say to me, you would know you were hanging about with such and such as well. <laughs> Your language and everything has changed. I could speak four or five languages, my friends were <laughs> See, the Holy Spirit is in us. When he's in us, it's about who we're becoming. Do you understand that? It's who we're becoming. It's not, we have arrived. I mean, news alert, I haven't arrived. I still get angry. Sometimes I want to keep the dog. <laughs> Cheryl's dog. <laughs> uh, sometimes I get impatient, sometimes I'm not generous. Right? Sometimes with Cheryl, she goes online and gives money to people in charity and then she tells me, hope you don't mind, I just get a party card. And I'm like, <laughs> that's a good thing to be generous <laughs> we'll get the food bank next week but it's okay Michelle throws her at me on their trip to China <laughs> hey, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that changes the stuff in the arts we will be coming transforming power doesn't stop there if I can just give it up more time it, it just doesn't stop there because transform people start to transform people, places. Transform people start to transform the world around them because when he's in us, he's for us, but when he's on us, 
He's empowering us for others. And we begin to become, believe it or not, transformers. How do you feel about that? Transformers. Bosses, yes. <laughs> Weirdos. Mothers <laughs> of sons. It doesn't stop at the birth. You see, I always think that people love you too. I, I, I had a guy stop me one day at the vineyard. He never came back, so I talk about him. I'll tell you where he lives and everything. <laughs> he says, how long have you known the Lord Jesus? said, I don't really know. And he says, it's important that you know. I said, not really. It's important who you know, not how long you've known him. Because I don't remember a time in an hour and a day, please don't stone me, I'm not a heretic, I love Jesus, I'm a Christian, I'm born again, I'm filled with the Spirit of God, I've been water baptized, and filled with the Spirit of speaking tongues. <laughs> I know Jesus. But I don't have a time or a day that I can remember giving my life to Jesus. <laughs> Those who want to find another church, now for your time to vacate this building. <laughs> See, we're more caught up about the date and the time and the place. We want to know that everybody's first certificate, but I'm more interested in your passport. Where have you journeyed? Where have you been lately with it? What's changed in your life? Where? Where? We're more than just a time and a date that I said yes to Jesus. We're a people on the move of God in a relationship with Father God. It's a family relationship. It's a father-son, it's a father-daughter relationship. He's not interested in the time and the date all the time. He's interested about well, what's happening in your life today. What's the worries you have in your life? What does tomorrow morning look like for you? And I want to say, if you have a date and a time and a transformation time that means a word to you, I bless that. I think it's great. I'm not trying to pour cold water on that. It's a good, good thing. It's a good thing. I just don't have one. Because the Holy Spirit is always blowing and always on the move. Peter was in the middle of a sermon one time and had he stopped preaching. Now that's a miracle. Because most preachers that I know wouldn't stop for anything. Myself included. The Holy Spirit would need to show up. He gets blasted by the interrupts the service and the Holy Spirit blasts, blasts him and he starts speaking in tongues. Even before he gets a chance to be water baptized, because you wonder about the theology and that. He's not water baptized yet, but then he's speaking in tongues, it's weird language. And so, so he wants to fill us again and again. He wants to fill us again and again. It's not just taking your car out once and pump some gas in and say, that's me, I'm done, I dusted, I'll just drive for the rest of my life. It won't happen. You'll run out of steam, you'll get angry, you'll get grumpy. Instead of giving people bread, you start to throw stones at them or give them stones. Instead of giving them good things, you'll offer them a, a serpent or a snake. You know what I mean? And that's what the scripture says. If we don't have the power and presence of Jesus transform us through the living relationship of my friend, the Holy Spirit, then it's not going to last. You need to transform in power of the Holy Spirit. You need to be filled again and again and again and again. And we need that. The acts of the Holy Spirit. We see how people encounter them, how they interact and how they receive the Holy Spirit. In Acts 8, Philip goes to Samaria. And it's all happening. People are getting healed, delivered. People are getting baptized. Then Peter and John, they come over and introduce the Holy Spirit. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then in Acts 10, just a moment later, so there's this gathering, a large group of people who are uninformed about the Holy Spirit, yet received or receptive, sorry. The gallery in the house and the guy called Cornelius is there and he wants to hear Peter talk about Jesus. 
That's a whole supernatural story in itself, how the Gentiles come into the story of God. And these people are Gentiles, so the, the thing is, up to the point of the book of Acts, Gentiles aren't in the story, they're outside the story of God, it's just the Jewish people. Now you and I, everybody that's outside the story of God, get into the story of God. It's a cool thing. It's a cool thing. So these group of Gentiles, which just means non-Jewish people, when Peter was talking to them about Jesus, listen to what happens. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of my friend, the Holy Spirit, had been poured out even on the Gentiles. I mean, they even get it too. For they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Wow. What happened in that small group? Have you ever been in a small group or somebody's house where that's happened? I have. Not possible. What did they experience? They experienced the power of the Holy Spirit. We know that something remarkable must have happened because Peter was in the middle of a sermon, like I said, and he stopped preaching. That's big. That's big. And it's not just this one-time deal. It's not this one-time deal. Holy Spirit was poured out in a room with people unexpected. It says, suddenly a sound like a blow and a fight of one came from heaven. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw, they hear a sound, and they see tongues of fire that seemed to be separated. They keep your rest in each other. And all of them, it says, all, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Then after Peter and John, they get arrested because they're talking too much about Jesus. When they get out of prison, they go straight back to their small group. I'm going to finish up soon. They go back to their small group and they pray that God would make them bolder. Now these guys are under persecution. They're told, if you mention the word of Jesus again, you're dead. We're going to take you out. You can't talk about him anymore. Enough is enough is enough is enough. No more talking. You're wrecking the place. You're wrecking the place. You're starting a revolution. Too much Jesus talk starts a revolution. Still today. Jesus still starts a revolution. He turns back. He turns back our, our racism on immigration. Jesus does that. He starts a revolution. Jesus is a revolutionary type of guy. He teaches us that this upside down kingdom that we live in is actually the world. The kingdom of heaven is the right side up. He's a revolutionary type of guy. His message is still revolutionary. And so these guys are told we want, to make, we want to become more bolder. We want to keep talking about Jesus. And when they finish praying, the room shook. The room shook, physically shook, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. So they were filled with the Holy Spirit before in Acts 2, right? Stay with me. In Acts 2, when the Spirit of God was poured out on humanity, at the birth of the church, the Holy Spirit shows up. They're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then, yet again, to transform the world into what they need. Holy Spirit. The Holy Right answer. The Holy Spirit. So, have you limited the Holy Spirit? Is my question. Have you limited the Holy Spirit? Have you limited him? There's this mysterious prophecy regarding the end times. Man, doesn't it get funky? I should write a book about the end times. I think you'd make a fortune. Brexit and prophecy. <laughs> There's this mysterious prophecy regarding end times and the time between Jesus' ascension and returning. And so now, in that prophecy that Joel received by God, he said to Joel, I will pour out my spirit on all people. 
Your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, your young men will see visions. Even my servants, both men and women, he's not, he's not bound by sex or gender. I will pour out my spirit in those days. Do you know what those days are? Right now. It's not something weird. It's not some apocalyptic thing that's coming. These are the last days. The time between Jesus' resurrection and his return, that's the last days. Period. Don't stop. It doesn't get any more freakier or weirder than that. We live in the last days. Don't you hate the doom and gloom preachers? No, don't hate them, Simon Michelle. Go ahead, them. Don't you just like them? <laughs> Don't you think there's enough fear in the world? Yeah. Any deal with male readers? Isn't there enough fear in the world? We're living in times of expectation. We're living in great days because the Spirit of God has been pouring out in all flesh. Young, old. God, it's so good. The Holy Spirit was even, it's given regardless of the age, the race, the color, or the rank. It's unmeasured. And it's given to everyone and anyone who asks. Anyone who asks. 